0: You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Hey, everybody. It's Monday night. Time for American Winer on podcastdetroit.com. How's everybody doing? Very rainy day today, but it actually feels like fall, which is oh so nice. Um, joining me in studio today is uh, Amy Petty, all the way down from Saginaw today. Amy, how you doing? I'm great. How are you? doing? Uh, I'm, I'm doing just fine. Uh, so... I saw you yesterday in Ann Arbor at uh, a venue uh, that I'd never heard of or been to before. It's a speaker shop. Uh, it's called the, the, the Leon loft. Is that it? Yeah. Um, right. and, uh, it's a, uh, I, it was you and three other performers. One of whom was Adam Plummer who we've had on this show before. Um, and then there are other, there's Christy Pont and Kylie uh, Phillips, Phillips. Yep. and, uh, absolutely brilliant show is an awesome way to spend the last day of September. Um, gorgeous acoustic show. And, uh, you uh you were one of the performers and it was uh it was very gorgeous and I'd never heard you I'd I'd researched you and everything before, but I'd never heard you live, obviously. Right. And uh absolutely blew me away and it was hosted by John Bom who was on this show about a month ago. So and yeah, he yeah. actually is joining us right now. He's he's also right here. There. Quietly sitting For, in the hi. corner yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For moral support. Is, yeah. But um, just
1: in case. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: Uh, but so, Amy, thank you so much for driving all the way down from Saginaw.
1: It's my pleasure. Thanks. Thank you for having me on the show.
0: Yeah. So, so. And uh, so we start the uh, the show off with every the same question every single time, and that is, where were you born?
1: I was born in Detroit um, at a uh, St. John's. Right. Yep. And um, uh, my parents lived down in Detroit, but I, so and I was born in July, but in April, my mother won. Some kind of lottery or something. And so they had like $10,000, which, you know, back in the 70s was kind of a lot of money. I mean, it's still a lot of money, but and uh basically they just used that to buy a house right here in Royal Oak. So, really? Yep. Yeah, so I was, you know, going to be in Detroit. And then right before I was born, they moved right here to Royal Oak. Well,
0: that worked out quite nicely then. Win the yep. lottery in April just in time for your kid yeah, to right. arrive in July. Exactly. Yeah. Um. So, you did you grow up in Royal Oak then? I
1: did. Yep. Yep.
0: Uh, where Where at in Royal Oak?
1: Right downtown. I tell everybody I was raised at the McDonald's on Eleven Mile.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> what were you there before it was there, or was it? uh the, Do you remember what it, it used to be y- in the spot? Just out of curiosity. No, that
1: I think that was always there. Mm. But um, I lived in Royal Oak before it was downtown Royal Oak. We we used to go to we used to go uptown. Mm. So. Yeah, it's changed a lot. I got to watch it become this, you know, weird thing that it became. Hipsterville. And, yeah, <laughs> but like when I was in high school, like it wasn't hipster, like it was like just the freaks and the weirdos and mm-hmm. like, you know, I'm, I'm always very aware of how lucky I was to grow up here as an artist. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm an artist because of the fact that I grew up in Royal oak or whatever I don't know or if it's just a lucky coincidence
0: well what did your parents do
1: um my dad okay so my dad was a he did construction and then but mostly he did he was a truck driver and uh just working you know for whatever whoever did a lot of lumber deliveries and (laughs) he would always we'd be driving somewhere and he'd say you know ah delivered lumber to that place Mm. delivered bricks to that place um, and then, uh, my mom, she, same thing. She did a few different things, but the thing I remember most was that she worked like at a bakery for most of my childhood. And, um, but si- a significant thing is that my dad was the sound man for a band when I was very young. And so I was the, you know, three-year-old running around in, you know, the, what was that? Uh, the, uh, the rooster place. What was that called? The,
0: the rooster place. Uh,
1: the, it, yeah, it was the, the. town. Yeah, the Rooster Tail. Yeah, uh, so like I was a thank you, right?
0: So I came. Yeah, I know, right?
1: Because I can't remember <laughs> things. So
0: <laughs> was it a local band that you, he was a sound guy for? It was. For? They
1: were a cover band, but they were really popular. They had a huge following. They were called Stonebridge. Oh, okay. And so, and a bunch of those guys are still kind of playing together and doing stuff. They're uh, the Teen Angels. Actually, is who they are now, but um, yeah. So I was, you know, surrounded by, I was. Music was always a part of my life. My dad loved music. He wasn't a musician, but he loved it. So.
0: Are you an only, only child?
1: No, there's 3 of us. I'm the middle. Okay. So.
0: Well, uh what kind of a student were you then?
1: I was pretty good. I didn't really care, but I was pretty good at it. I am I just um I always knew I was going to do music. And so I just kind of went through the motions with everything else and Mm -hmm. you know, fine, I'll go to math class just waiting on, you know, band. (laughs) I want to go to my, you know, after school choir practice or whatever. So, but yeah, I did fine. I think I I graduated. So I I think I was, I can't remember how many kids graduated in my class. I want to say it was like, you know what? I don't remember, but I remember being, I was like right at the end of the top third of the class. So I'm like, Oh, that's that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, especially
0: considering you didn't really. But care, I didn't as you care said, or so. try or anything. I just, <laughs> if you whatever. don't care and you end up in the top third, that's then a pretty that's damn uh, pretty good. You know, yeah, <laughs> I'll take that. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> um. So, but it, you'd been exposed to music. You said you were three years old, running around. Um. Right. So the stage at uh, the Rooster Tail. Yeah, so, right. um. Uh. I, did you start playing music like really early on, or was that uh, did you not start that until you were a teenager? Or when when did that happen?
1: I did well when I was really little. Like I remember, I actually have memories of this, but um, and my mother will confirm that when I was really little, I had one of those little um, like uh, you blow into the. Thing and it's got like the keys oh, on Oh, the it, recorder. The, yeah. Not a recorder, but I'm like a melodica. A, a melodica yeah. Melodica. Yeah. 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 Thank you. For, <laughs> I'm really glad I showed Thank you, you John. We're just, because...
0: I think I'm going to have you here every show I know, from now right? on. Just, Still just in the uh, blanks. Yeah.
2: <laughs> it's a quiz right. show featuring John Bomberido. It's your answer?
1: <laughs> very well. That's very good. Um, so, okay. So it was like a toy melodica. And, um, seriously, I was like two years old and I remember like standing in front of the TV and like, you know, the commercials would play a little whatever, and I would turn it off and then try to figure it out how to play it. Wow. At two years old. Yeah. And I, I mean, I remember doing that and I know, you know, that's not, you know, that's not a very common, that's not super uncommon. I mean, there's a lot of people who have really good ears like that, but I did when I was really little.
0: Well, cause that's the question is, did you actually get the melody down or was, did you just think you were getting it down? No, I did it. No, I, no, I could do it.
1: Yeah, I could, I, I, I could do that from a very early age. And um like my and then my dad would like invite his friends over and be like watch this and you know make me you know do that or whatever he'd play something on the radio and make me play it back and you know it was a little parlor trick i guess but i don't think my parents realized how cool that was or how like maybe they could have done something with that from an earlier age mm-hmm. but you know i i mean not that there's any regrets i mean it, everything turned out just fine but definitely i think maybe had, had somebody like maybe a piano teacher or somebody who was like really good at that, had they found me, they probably, I probably could be playing like serious piano, but. So your
0: parents thought it was cool, but they didn't, they didn't look at you and go, we need to get you to a teacher. Right. right Yeah. Yeah.
1: Right, right, right.
0: Okay. Well, uh, when did you start? Like, where did it go from there then? Yeah. I took the melodica at age two, so that's pretty early (laughs) on. So My first, (laughs)
1: um, I would say in, um, elementary school, I think the first time, I mean, I always loved music. I always loved it. You know, people would ask, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I'd be like, duh, like, I'm going to be a singer. That's the stupidest question I've ever heard in my life. Or, or I'd be like, you know, well, I'm going to be a marine biologist when I'm not singing. You know, I don't know. So I remember being in, um, like third grade and our music teacher saying I was, I was gone. I was sick one day and then I came back the next, Class and he was like, you can't, you know, try not to miss because we're coming up on the concert and they won't sing if you're not here. Mm. And I was like, what? Why? And I it didn't, I it didn't register to me until we started singing that. And I was like, oh yeah, I'm really like singing loud. <laughs> like, nobody else is. So um, everybody else
0: just moves their mouths. Yeah, so like the kids right, do in choirs, right? right. <laughs> yes. Yeah, they were doing all the, the kids sound like thing. Amy. <laughs>
1: yeah. <right>. yeah. <laughs> so. That I that stood out to me. I remember very vividly that day, thinking, "Oh yeah, I I'm different from everybody else who's in the room." Right and now. how old were you when that happened? I was like third grade, so I don't so know, about like eight, eight years old. Yeah.
0: So right. there was never really any moment. Well, I guess that could have been the moment when you realized like, "Hey, I can sing." There was no moment when you realized like, "I can, I can." I, you've always just I've done al- it. But- I've
1: always had done it. It was that moment. That was my first like validation from somebody else who was like, "That's something right there." Mm-hmm. And then, um, uh When I was in uh middle school, I had a band teacher who (laughs) this would not fly nowadays, I just want you to know. But he would come to my house, pick me up at like six thirty in the morning, take me up to the school, just me and him, Mm. and he would give me music theory lessons and for nothing, and he didn't nobody asked him to that to do that. He just said she needs to have this. So so, he was um, the
0: guy then who finally saw you and said, yeah, we need to to do this. this. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Which was awesome because, um, that really laid the foundation for me to, you know, say, oh, okay, well then what else can I do? I, I played clarinet and you know, whatever, but then they needed (laughs) the, they needed a tuba player. And I was like, I, I'll play tuba. Like what? I can do it. And how hard can it be? I know bass clef, you know? So, um, yeah, I just, it made me feel brave enough to like try things. And then also in middle school, well, we I was junior high back then, but they, um, you weren't allowed to take band and choir. You had to take, you know, you had to take home ec. And so I wrote a letter to the superintendent and I was like, that is dumb and I'm going to be a professional musician and I shouldn't have to do that. And, you know, I can, you know, I'll. I can figure out, I'll eat cereal every day. Like, I don't care, but I just, I know I'm in Something tells me
0: this is bullshit, this yeah. class. Like, <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I'm like this, I'm
1: not, I don't need that as much as I need this other thing. Uh-huh. And so they let me take both. I did not have to take home ec. And they just said, can you just not say anything to the other kids? Mm-hmm. And every once in a while, somebody would be like, why are you in both? And I'd be like, I don't know, but. It's because I complained. I was the squeaky wheel. Well,
0: it's because you knew, like it's. I mean, it sounds I like did. you knew I totally from the knew. very. But do you remember? Was there a moment for you where you were just, or was that another thing that just like you always knew? Like I'm just gonna, I'm gonna be a singer. When I, I, grow always up. Mm-hmm. I
1: always knew it. I always knew it. Was, I remember my 10th birthday. I was at Chuck E. Cheese. Mm. Yeah, I was. And uh, the like Chuck E. Cheese character guy, he's like, he's asking, he's like, so you know, what are you going to be when you grow up? And I said, well, I'm going to be a singer. And he goes, prove it. And so I sang Happy Birthday to myself at chuck e cheese and he was like oh okay yes you are yeah. <laughs> so i always knew i mean it was just there was never i wasn't ever any, gonna do anything else
0: so when did you start playing guitar though then?
1: um not until i want to say like the summer after high school a friend of mine went away for the summer to um to a drum and bugle corps and um she left me her car and her guitar mm. for the whole summer. God, she was a really good friend. What a good friend. Yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah. So I just spent the whole summer playing guitar and driving around, and it was great. And I just, you know, I figured out very easily that you could fake guitar, and there's no, I mean, there's, I'm sure there's a right way to play guitar, but you can just kind of do whatever you want right. with it and write songs. Like, I just kind of figured it all out in that summer, so...
0: Did you start writing your own songs right away or did you play covers for a while? Or? I
1: did, no. I never really did covers. No, I didn't. Because I didn't, I, I wasn't, I was more interested in like, oh, if I go like this, here's a weird chord, you know, like, and I, I and it was not anything that I could recognize from another song. Mm-hmm. So I was more interested in like finding like colors on the instrument. So yeah, I think, I mean, I think maybe that summer, like maybe I wrote like, 20 just awful songs, you know, just, you know, prolific. Oh yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean about, you know, boys and, you know, feelings, you know, whatever, like invisible and all like all the stupid things that, you know, somebody who's never written a song and who's 18, that's what you write about, you know, but some of them, for what it's worth, there are some of them I look back on. I'm like, that was kind of, that was kind of okay. You know? Mm -hmm. So well, what
0: what were you listening to at that point? Like who were the artists that inspired Um, you?
1: That was about the time that I was finding um like acoustic music because of what my dad did I, it was all like you know like the prog rock like in your face orchestral symphonic 70s rock like that was all that i ever really listened to and then it was like whitney houston and cindy Lauper, and that was about it Eighties pop right Eighties yeah. pop stuff and then um but right around that time is when i found like the indigo girls and um uh, even Sarah McLaughlin, right about that time, maybe that was a little later. No, it was about the, that was about the same time. And then, um, also, uh, like Katie Lang, like something about that, um, that CD that came out right around then that was just like, it just spoke to me. It was beautiful and so like deep in terms of like the, the way the, the music and her, like the, the tones that she chose to, Sing. It was just she was just amazing, and that had a big influence on me too. So,
0: so that was that would have been mid nineties, then early nineties yep, somewhere. Yep, in there. Mid-90s, well, yeah, mid-90s. what a great time too for that type of music. Too, right. that, there was that Lilith Fair boom exactly. that you had right in the exactly. middle of the nineties there, and and that that must have been great to yeah. be able to be that age and yes. experience that.
1: When I was in co- and so yeah, when I was in college, I had a friend who was, I mean, just a huge he had great taste in music and he was the one who introduced me to like Paula Cole and uh, Ben Folds five and Tori Amos even who, you know, is like just, she became a huge, you know, I, I just, her influence on my music. I think I forget sometimes, but every once in a while I'll go back and listen. I'm like, Oh yeah, that's man. She's, she was huge. Tori Amos. Yeah. Right. right, Yeah. yeah. Some of my songs I'm like, Oh, that's a little too Tori, (laughs) Amos, especially the early stuff. Mm
0: -hmm. Um, so you you mentioned uh, we were talking before the show, mm-hmm. and uh, at the show yesterday, John, when John was introducing you, he kind of gave a little bit of a cliff notes as to as to your background. One of the right. things he mentioned was that you 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 know how to sing opera. Uh, I do. <laughs> and you mentioned you before the show when we were talking before we went on the air. You you said you have a degree in it. So that 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 as you said, you're 18 during the summer of the car and the guitar. So that must have been soon that after. That's it. So yeah. but after you know deciding you got your guitar and stuff. How did you end up in opera then? That's quite a, quite a jump.
1: Quick mental note, car and guitar. Somebody write that down because we're going to note. I mean, you don't, I just have to. No, <laughs> I mean, actually, yes, John, do write it down. Okay. Cause that's pretty, that's yes. That was a very significant summer. Um, yes. If I so, say it,
0: when, whenever that song comes out, I'm going to be like, oh, yeah, I remember when she, yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> she
1: wrote that on my show. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I, okay. So when I was in high school, is when i discovered that i could make the operatic sound and not everybody can do that and i think i said this to you before but if you can make that sound you probably should mm-hmm. and so um i had a decision to make do i go into like i didn't see myself like fronting a band and i didn't know about the singer songwriter scene so i was like if i don't see myself fronting a band then I should probably go into classical music and I can do it and I'm pretty good at it. So let's do it. So, um, I went to Oakland university right after high school in that. So I did, it was the summer of the car and the guitar and then started school for, um, and, and they only did classical music. They didn't, I mean, I think they had like some jazz studies and stuff, but like the degree for vocalists is just classical. And I, um, I mean, I would, you know, I th- I think I, that's not true. I think I went in as a, uh, an education major first because I was like trying to be
0: practical know, quote unquote. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <Right>. <laughs> and, and cause my parents were always like, you do whatever you want to do. They were just thrilled to death that they, I was going to college. They were like, that's so great. You know, they didn't mm. care what I did, but, um, but, uh, yeah, I, I I think I just felt like I had to be like smart about it. And then when I was there, I was like, I don't,
0: why am I doing this? Yeah. Why am yeah. I doing this?
1: I just, I'm, I can, I know that I can do something with this and I probably should. So, so yeah. So I focused mainly on opera and classical works and it was, I was pretty good at it.
0: Did you ever like, I mean, was there ever any interest in doing that professionally? Did you, did, yep. did it take you? That
1: was the plan. I was going to do that. And I got, um, after college, I was accepted to um, the Academy of Vocal Arts. It's a really small, really, really small school in Philadelphia. Um, like, there's only, like, 24 students at a time. And I think the year that I was accepted, I, I I don't know how many people auditioned. I mean, hundreds of people from all over the country auditioned. And I was one of six that was accepted. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so it was... Um, it was pretty cool I mean it was a it was a very neat program, except that I just didn't fit in and I remember thinking, um how I would like look around the room and I'm like, these people would like like if somebody insulted opera, like people would like throw a punch for it and' like I'm mm-hmm. just like, I don't care, I just don't care i i I like it, and they were like dedicating their whole lives to learning about like learning this stuff and learning about these dead composers and i'm like i just i just i just didn't care in the same way and it felt like I, I felt like i was putting on and i felt like i was it almost felt like i was it was like sacrilegious on some level mm-hmm. for them they, they
0: were so passionate yeah about it and you're like this is I, I just don't feel the same way exactly but it, you did you did feel that way about the lilith fair stuff in and the, and the music yes, you, you grew totally. up listening to right yes so that must have been kind of a, a little bit of an epiphany for you it life. was
1: it totally was and i was and and really it, it was there was just one day I woke up and I was like, I'm not going to school today. Like, I'm not going. Like, that's it. And I just kind of made that decision, like, right, right there. And, um, honestly, there were a lot of people who were very disappointed because I really did have a bright future in opera. And, uh, the, there were, I'll tell you this, um, when the year that I was accepted, there was another girl, Her name is Offaly Graham, and we both had very similar voice types. We were very, you know, kind of on the same path. And today she is like singing everywhere, and she's like singing at the Met, and she's going, she's being invited and like doing all of these things. And she's, she now, granted, that's exactly what she's supposed to be doing, exactly, exactly what she's supposed to be doing. But, um, and so I know that I could have, that had I stayed on that path, I probably could have be doing whatever but um i like zero regrets like that was not at all where i was supposed to be and i'm very very aware of that so
0: that's crazy you can remember that morning where you you got up and you oh said gosh. i'm not doing this anymore yeah how old yeah. were you when that happened um
1: tw- uh, let me see 23 like 23 yeah
0: so th- would you say that that was kind of when you're your current music career began then or was nope, that
1: because i still didn't know mm-hmm. i just knew i was like this isn't it i know that there's something else but this isn't it okay and so i i yeah there was a maybe like a two year uh maybe more than yeah no it was like two or three years where i was just like i don't know what i'm doing i don't know and i could take a break from it and we'll see and i feel like I, maybe i needed that like if if music calls me back then you know, then you know, set it's for something you. free, and if it comes back to you, whatever that exactly. is. Exactly. You
0: know, so, you didn't do right music up. at all in that from Not really. 23 to 26, nope. then? No,
1: nope. no, that's I was a preschool teacher for uh-huh. most of that time. Uh-huh. Yeah. So,
0: I'm sure there's plenty of stories to tell from that, but well, that's another yes. podcast. Yeah, so. right. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> most of it involves children saying rude things. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so. <laughs> um. So, what happened to bring you back into it then?
1: I woke up. One day, this is a lot about me waking up and having epiphanies, but I woke up one day <laughs> and I was like, "I am going to an open mic I'm doing that today, and I don't know why I hadn't thought about doing that in years i hadn't I hadn't done it in years it had like maybe the last one it was when I was like nineteen and so i just I just decided i'm I'm doing that and then I was like, "Well, what are you going to play?" and I was like you're going to write a song today." and so I wrote a song that day and then took it to an open mic and um I was in New Hampshire at this point in my life and, um, there was this great, so it was, okay. So it's this open mic and they had a, like a featured artist and the band that was playing, they were called, we Are about nine. And, um, they were, they're just this, these, they're funny and they were so nice and they'd been around the block and they'd been doing it for a long time. And, um, And I didn't know, I mean, I had no idea what I was doing and I just got up there and I sang too loud and I played guitar too hard and, you know, I was really excited. And, um, they came up to me afterwards and they said, you know, we do a lot of these open mic feature things. And they said, they said, we really enjoyed that song. You know, it was really good. You know, how often do you do this? And I was like, it's my first (laughs) time. It's my first, I've never done this before. And they, um, they kind of like befriended me a little bit, like not really like, you know, like come around me and, you know, Hey, let's do all this stuff together. But they just were like, really kind and really supportive. And they said, you sh- you really need to keep doing this. And then I told them that I wrote the song that day and they're like, shut up. They're like <laughs> mad. So, so that was really good. That was another one of those, like, Oh, I could, I think I could probably do this, you know, and then just kept going to open mics and meeting great people and so much kindness and love in that community. And really just finding that like these, this is my tribe. This is where I belong. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. So,
0: Did you uh, stay in New Hampshire then?
1: I was in, I was there for 12 years. Yeah. So.
0: What a great place to revive your music, your acoustic musical career. Right on. New Hampshire. Yeah, right. I know. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's pretty crunchy granola. And, but, and then also very close to, um, to Boston, Mm -hmm. not too far from New York. And then Vermont is right there, which is like the best. And, um, and then we're very close to Maine. So Portland, Maine was a great place too. So I had all these, great places that I could go all the time, you know, It's was great.
0: So, so what happened then? Did you start trying to tour or did you start, you started writing more? You just, you dove right in or
1: I just was writing and I didn't know what to do. I had no idea. And so, um, my, we, I got some like recording equipment and, um, a decent guitar and kind of figured out how to like lay down demos, even though, I mean, they were just, you know, they were terrible. I didn't know what I was doing, but you know, I'm like, well, this is kind of what I wanted it to sound like. And, um, I went to, I did a thing of, uh, like a writers in the round type thing. And, uh, this guy came up to me and, uh, he said, um, have you heard of MySpace?
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I said, um, I said, uh, no, I have no idea what that is. And he said, you need to, he said, here's what you need to do. He said, F- get your music and put it on MySpace. And he said, I guarantee you're going to meet people this way. And so that's what I did that night. I went home and like all these terrible demos, I put them all on MySpace. And um, three months later, some lady contacted me and she was like, I love your music. I come and listen every single day and I just I love it so much. And um, she said, I would love for you to, you know, how can I buy your CD because I can't buy. You know, find it anywhere. And I was like, that's adorable that you think I have a CD. And this is terrible, but thank you. I'm very honored and flattered. And I said, if I ever have a CD, I'll let you know. She said, okay. Two weeks later, she writes back, I just love you. And I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry to bother you, but I love it so much. Is there any way I can get these songs? And I said, well, sure. I can send you a CD of terrible demos if that's what you want. And she said, that's exactly what I want. And she said, and by the way, my friend and partner in crime were th- starting a record label and we would really like to talk to you about that. And I was like, well, crap. Okay. <laughs> mm. So um, that kind of, I mean, maybe like six months of just kind of talking to them over the phone and getting to know them. And um so I'm in New Hampshire and they were in St. Louis, Missouri. And then one day I found myself in my car, like halfway between New Hampshire and st- driving to St. Louis, Missouri. And I'm like... Oh, my God, I'm driving across the country to meet people that I just met online. That's probably terrible, and I'm going to get murdered. I'm certain that's going to happen. But it didn't happen. They, you know, were the greatest people in the world. So um, some of my very best friends on the planet to this day. And so I was signed to that with them in 2006, I think. Maybe 2007. No, 2006. It was 2006. And then um up until just this year, actually. So I've been with them the whole time, and they really so helped. A decade then, or yeah. 12 years. Yeah, a long time.
0: Uh, and, and then that was your first album then, which was 2008 yep. Mystery Keeps You. That's right. That's where you That's where you recorded that, yep. huh? Yep. So how did you end up back in Michigan then?
1: Um, there was a lot of, oh, uh, so much stuff. Um, mostly my husband's jobs moved us around. So mm-hmm. um, we went from New Hampshire to... Um, To Nashville, and we were only in Nashville for like ten months. I think I don't even think it was that long. I think it was like nine months. And um, the job that we went there, that he went there for, like, lost its funding. So we.
0: What does he do? He
1: does. He's a like a church music guy. Oh, okay. And so, yeah, but he went down there to teach at a university, and they were starting like a new thing and then it lost its funding and so or it was losing its they kept threatening that it was going to lose its funding and we were just like okay that's all right it's too hot here anyway let's go so (laughs) so yeah and then after so then when we were was like what do we do next so that's when we were like let's just go let's see what's in michigan Mm -hmm. and then he found a job in michigan so
0: and was that in saginaw then
1: that was not in saginaw because (laughs) we have moved 400 times um no that was in uh northville and then we went from Northville to Saginaw. So we okay, and Saginaw. that's where you're at now. Yes. huh?
0: So when did you meet him then? I'll, oh, at Oakland. around the subject. Yep. Oh, you met him. Oh, yep. you've known him at since Oakland. college. Yeah, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So.
0: All right. Yeah, um. Well, so let's go back to uh, your first album then, because uh, okay. tell us about the rec- the process of recording that. You'd met these. What was the name of the label? Red
1: Pill Entertainment.
0: Red, Red Pill, Pill Entertainment. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh. So you'd met these, these people and they'd invited you down. They really wanted you. And, and so what happened when you got to St. Louis
1: then? Um, well, I discovered that they were very cool people. So that was nice. And, um, and also that they really were just starting out. They didn't, they'd never done this before, you know, and they were like, we don't, we don't know. We just, we want to see what happens. And, um, but Jacob, my producer, he, um, he just, he was very good at, producing it, uh, engineering. He's just very good at that. And, um, and then Lauren just loved music. She just loved it and she loved musicians. And so the two of them together just, you know, really were, you know, they just formed this thing where, you know, they could gather us together and, you know, help us out and make this great music. And I had never really been in a recording studio before, maybe one other time for like 15 minutes, like it was nothing. And so, um, it felt very natural, but then also I was a nervous wreck because I just kept thinking, I'm like, it can't be, not that it was easy, but I was like, it can't come this naturally. So mm-hmm. I kept trying to like make it be something that it didn't need to be.
0: That's crazy uh, though, that you went like that long. Cause you would have been in, you know, I mean, you'd been at it for, you know, yeah. five, six years at that point. And plus being around music your whole life and you'd still never been in a recording yeah, studio before. Never. Did they have their own studio or did they, they rent do. one? Yep. They did. Yep. Uh.
1: Yep. They did. They still do. Yeah, so it's that's actually I think they were renting space at first, but now they have their own awesome building, and so they the record label is no more, but the stu the you know uh, Red Pill Studios still is a thing, so it's a great place.
0: Um, so. What what happened after Mystery Keeps You then? Because I know you released another album in, in 2010 called House of Doors, right. and then you did a Christmas album the year after mm-hmm. that. Yep. Um. So that's pretty prolific couple of years there. Right. Were you touring at all during that point? I or? was.
1: I was just wherever. Like wherever anybody wanted me to go, I was going there. Mm-hmm. So, um,
0: so you were doing it then. That was yeah. where it, it really took off.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say between 2007 and – well, really in like between 2007 and 2014 – I was on the road a lot. Mm-hmm. So um especially like 2009 to 2012, I was like, there would be like months of the year I would be on the road, which, you know, is not that impressive for a touring musician, but it was for me, you know, cause I was, you know, I, I just never could do anything like that. John knows I am directionally challenged and I made my way all across the country doing all kinds of things, you know, by myself in my car, you know, and I loved it and I'd get home and I'd be mad at everybody cause I had to be home, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I loved being on, I loved being on the road. So, And yeah. you
0: played with quite a few people too. Uh, yeah. To talk about that a little yeah. bit. Yeah.
1: yeah. So I met, um, I think this was in 2010, 2011. I met a guy named Tim Janis and he is a um, classical crossover, contemporary uh, composer type guy. And, um, he, uh, he has big dreams all the time (laughs) and he loves, um, the female voice. He loves, uh, like Celtic sensibilities in music. And so I also play Penny Whistle. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and then also another thing I do is I, um, I can like do chart writing and orchestrating and, uh, like transcribing. So he.
0: So you can actually read music then too. Oh right? yeah, yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Well, I guess if you studied it. Yeah, then, I yeah, studied that it. <laughs> would make yeah. Sense. yeah. But
1: then like um yeah, so when we met, he just he knew me as a singer. So he said, you know, "Hey, would you, you know, can I if I send you something to demo, could you?" And so um I demoed it vocally and then he um he had a fake penny whistle sound on there. And I said, can you send it to me without the penny whistle? And then I laid down the real penny whistle sound and he's like, Oh my God, I didn't know you played that. <laughs> so um, then I started going on the road with him and then he found out that I could do transcribing. So he would send me the music that he wrote and then I would write it out for the orchestras and the choirs and all that stuff. And so we kind of became like a team for several years there where I was just doing a lot of stuff with him. And so really that's why after like 2011, I I was focused on all of that for a very long time. And he's the one who, um, for, he invited me to Carnegie Hall and I got to perform with all different kinds of people there. The one year it was, um, Darling Love and Steve, uh, Steve Van Zandt and, um, somebody else was there that year too. I can't remember. Um, and then the next year was Sarah McLaughlin and Andrea Corr and, uh, Lorena McKinnon and, Haley Westenra from Celtic Women.
0: Haley, it wasn't just Celtic Women. It was Haley Westenra. Wow, that's yeah. that's that's right. awesome. I'm yeah. so
1: glad you know who she is because a lot of yeah. people don't. But she's she was really she was great.
0: Did you do Scarborough Fair by any chance? She so?
1: didn't. No, it was a it was in December, so everybody did kind of like oh, it was Christmas theme. things, yeah. But
0: what was that like to be singing? Because you said you were singing backup for him, yeah. I was, did.
1: Well, I sang. I was one of the artists too, but then I ended up singing back backups for Sarah and. André Core. And, um, yeah, that was, you know, that's pretty cool. Did, <laughs> was I not mean, the coolest thing?
0: you know, performing in a venue like that, you know, yeah. was that kind of, you, you're, you had to have just, you're looking at the mic and then you look up and you're like, wow, you know, yeah. this is, that must've been intimidating. You it, know? it
1: It is. The, uh, it's, um, you're very aware. I said this yesterday at the show. You're very aware of where you were standing. Like you can feel the ghosts, you know, like mm-hmm. he, like you can still hear the, the voices of all the people who have sang there. It's crazy. And when you're standing on the stage, you have to like actually tilt your head up to see like the highest seats. I mean, it's just, it's the most overwhelming space to be to be standing in. But then like then people just start playing music and then you just do what you've always been doing. Like it's, it's not like there's nothing special happening. Like just because you're standing there doesn't mean you're all of a sudden making like the best music on the planet. So um, I was very, very aware of that and that that's what I take away from that experience is like, this is, music is not about where it happens at all. Like, I mean, I've, I've had better performances in, you know, in the shower for sure, you know, <laughs>
0: so. As of we all, right? Yeah, right, yeah,
1: right.
0: <laughs> I remember when I was, uh, when I first started, uh, being interested in music, I was the, one of the first local bands I would ever go see is called, was called obscured and it was just like this, you know, local grunge band. But I remember the bassist, I was talking to him. He was an older kid and he was like, the first show we ever played, uh, I was all nervous and everything. I was looking out of the ca- crowd and then the lights went out and the stage lights came out and you can't see anybody. It was just like we were jamming in, in right. the singer's basement. Exactly. So it sounds like that's true that's exactly everywhere.
1: It's the, it's true everywhere. And the other truth, true story is that i think the it was the next weekend or the weekend before or something like that i announced the winner of the pigeon race at the local like town fair so i'm like you know what just you know (laughs) the
0: pigeon race yeah
1: they had a freaking pigeon race but i got to announce the winner and then do my set you know what i'm saying so it's like it's like it it's it was a very significant thing that happened singing Carnegie Hall. it's very significant but also, you know,
0: then you went on to the next, and then thing, you go right? on to the next yeah. thing,
1: which is you know pigeon races, like it's whatever. I know, didn't say. even know that was a thing. Yeah, so. I <laughs> didn't either, and I have not seen it since. But. Yeah,
0: <laughs> they weren't. Have you seen that video recently of the pigeon going down the stairs instead of flying? It was no. a recent recent viral video. Fabulous. I, no. th- th- that's what I thought when you said pigeon race it was just <laughs> a bunch of pigeons racing each other down the stairs. So. <laughs> Who makes it to the subway first? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. So. Uh, what happened after that thing? Carnegie Hall. You said that was about twenty fourteen, twenty thirteen, somewhere. Yeah, there.
1: yep, yep. Yeah, those years in there. Um so then um we uh then we came back to Michigan and after being in just not being here too long, that's when I found out I was gonna have a baby. And mm-hmm. so that, you know,
0: that took precedence. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs>
1: you know, then I was, I've been tired ever since. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> so yeah, the, definitely some people, I don't, I don't know how this is possible, but um I have a lot of friends who are singers who like when they were pregnant, they like suddenly like their voices became like perfect and they had like all this endurance and I couldn't take a breath. Like I, like seriously, like after like three months, I was like, I can't. So I did not sing. Until after she was born, really, yeah, I couldn't. I just could not take a breath at all. Well, so. your
0: your daughter must be getting to the point where she's at that age that you were when you were running around the stage exactly. with the rooster tail. Then, yes, so is she she's exactly the same showing age. any? Is she, do, no. Does she have a melodica yet? No, no? Oh, she
1: does actually, but she hates it.
0: <laughs> oh, oh, yeah,
1: no, she's. Um, She's going to be an accountant or something. I'm positive. She's, not, I have, yeah, I'm not going to, we're not going to have anything in common. That's not true. She's, she's totally awesome. She just, she does not love music or loud voices or, um, dark rooms with lots of lights. So oh, concerts are bad. That's
0: a triple whammy right there. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. So when I tell her, I just say, Hey, mama's got to go to work tonight. And she's like, bye. Just get, like, get out. She wants no part of it. So.
0: Um. So, do do you have a day job then, or are you doing you've been doing music full time then? Since?
1: I'm music full time. I um I do chart writing for different churches, or you know sometimes there's still uh I do um some uh like demo work for people if they'll send me stuff. That that's not so much happening right now, mm-hmm. but um yeah, it's everything that I do is music. Mm-hmm. Everything I do. Which is that's that's such. Death.
0: Adam was talking yesterday if, at the show, and he said. Uh, He's saying he's because they, him and Chris DuPont do music full time too. But they also, it's not just they're not just playing their music, they're they do church work and things like that. And Adam compared it to, um, it was like you're an author, but you spend your time in a library reading somebody else's books, books. right? Right? So, but I mean, the trans transcribing and everything that's a really cool, you know, way to that, that, you know, came about, right? You know, like that you ended up doing that.
1: It's the nerdiest thing I do, like, I love it. It's I, like math, isn't it? It is. It. I'm. Well, I don't know. I. I don't. I don't understand the math. <laughs> but I mean, for the way that people get all like super crazy about math, or, or like um people who are like big into like you know, like words and like how they're formed and all that stuff. That's how I am with music. Like listening. Okay, what are we going to write down first? Well, let's write down the oboe first. Mm-hmm. Write out the oboe. Is, is
0: first. there anything you're working on right now that you can talk about?
1: Um, not right. Um, let's see. The last thing I did, I'm actually waiting. I've got stuff coming next week. But, um, the last thing I did was I transcribed, nope, I, no, I did transcribe it, but then I also, um, recorded a demo that, um, Oh, what is her name? Angela Lansbury. Oh, okay. They sent it to her. So I don't have a clue what it's for, but.
0: It's, she she is in her 90s, and I, I saw her singing Beauty and the Beast yep. like a year ago or something. Yep. She sounds great; like, she
1: still sounds the same. Yeah. Right? So they sent me a recording of her singing it, but there were parts that she wasn't really comfortable with, and um, so I got part of that, and then I sent then I recorded it, and then they sent it back. So I'm so anyway. So that's what somewhere you're she, on. somewhere she's driving down the road listening to me singing right now. So. <laughs> Mrs. Kind Potts from Mrs. Beauty and the Beach. No. That's what I almost said. And I'm like, no, call her by your real name. It's yeah. Lady Angela Lansbury, whatever her name is.
0: Um so what about uh, your your music though? Like, I mean, because you're still playing okay, shows. Yeah, right. and why don't you tell us actually how you met John too okay. while we're at that? that that's a... Right.
1: So I met John. Um i want to say that was like two... Yeah. two years ago. Yeah. Well, no, I'm gonna tell you exactly when it was. Okay. It was um summer of 2015 because um uh a mutual friend had some of my CDs, gave them to John. And then, um, but they only gave you two. And so he wrote me and he said, I, you know, Hey, can I get that third CD? Here's who I am. And also we live very near to each other, which we did at the time. And so he's like, let's meet up for coffee. And I said, that sounds great. Let's do it. And then like, seriously, like three weeks later, I found out I was having a kid. And so he's like, hello. And I'm like, (laughs) I am busy trying to like grow a person. Give me a minute. So, um, uh
0: did you know who he was though from no, I, I, had, one?
1: no I had no idea because we had just moved back like, oh, okay. like it, i hadn't been in town long so and i didn't i just didn't know anything and then um so i don't know i was quite pregnant when we met i think so i think i was yeah <laughs> and then um yeah,
0: so that happened, and so yeah, you, you went through the pregnancy because you said you weren't excited all. Yeah, and then I didn't do
1: anything. I didn't mm-hmm. do anything for a long time, but now I'm trying to remember. Still in like, touch, but yeah.
2: Just eventually, I you had another show booked at Trinity House or That's something, and I what it was. and I thought, okay, this is a good time to finally get you in. I've been trying right. to get you to come in, and I've been trying to get you to come to the Ark with me to go to a show yep. because you said you've never been there. I was right. so surprised by that, so I was just trying to help her. I liked what I heard, and wanted to help. You know, yeah. advance and what with was going it. on and so
1: yeah. So that was kind of cool. And then, and so really the first still, I mean, the first time that I'd been to the arc was just this, I think it was January or February or something like that. Oh, no. Abigail Stone. Yeah. Yeah. Abigail and Olivia. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And then like just, you know, I mean, even the first time we met, we were both kind of like, oh, you're kind of cool, you know? And so, um, fast friends. You've ever had that? Oh, yeah. Definitely. Immediately connect with somebody. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, um, just like in the last several months, we just were like, I don't I don't even know how it came up, but I was, I think I just was like, oh, I need somebody to do some booking for me. And he was like, oh, if I did it, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, okay, are you serious? <laughs> you so, should be my manager. Yeah. I mean, and I think saying. I said, you should be my manager. And I was kind of joking, but also like, you know, hmm. You've yeah. been at this three yeah, right. years now.
0: Yeah, right. yeah,
1: And so he kind of just was like, I don't know how to do that, but let's see what happens. And so... So that's here it. we are. So here we are. So and I'm pretending to be your manager. Yeah, I really yeah. right. <laughs> We're yeah, having fun with it.
2: We're actually doing things that I didn't know we could do. Or Yeah. I'm opening doors. People are responding and you're getting more bookings. You're getting right. more attention and that's exactly what I wanted.
1: And then like even just as so, – yeah, right. Like as simple as – I mean I know the people at 20 Front Street and I love them and they love me. But like what's my problem? Like I get like a – Like a pit in my stomach. I'm like, I can't ask them to book me for a gig, even though that's what they do. Like, I don't know why, but he just has no, like, like no fear. Like that doesn't exist for you at all. You just kind of. What's the harm? Right. Just asking. Right. Well, Well, and you like know
0: pretty much everyone, you know,
2: in in that area too. So that helps. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I, if I'm passionate about something, I want people to know about it. Right. Mm -hmm. And if I can do something to make a difference in that person's world. That Means a lot to me. Yeah. That's, that's something that makes my heart feel good. So mm-hmm.
1: I'm very lucky to be on the receiving end of that. You know, I'm yeah, happy to be there. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. And so, and then also, so we work like you, well together. We do. We work well together. And then, yeah. And I, I work well with a team in general. So when I found out my record label was going to be no more, um, I was terrified. It was very, it it felt like definitely, okay, It's maybe it is page turn time anyway. But I was scared to death. I didn't know how to do it. And so, you know, I this makes it so much easier. Having right. John, you know, just kind of walk alongside me. Right and, place, right time. Yeah, totally. I'm just kind
2: of consulting and giving ideas. And she likes my ideas.
1: Yeah, I do. Not everybody <laughs> likes my ideas. <laughs>
2: hey Alex, if you can believe that. I know it's hard <laughs> to believe. But she actually likes most of them. She hasn't said no to anything. I'm I surprising. have not
1: really. No. No, I can't think of anything. And I mean, just... Even just like, um, sending him like my songs, like a, my demos, you know, I'm, I'm like, I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm, I, I don't know how to choose it. I don't know what to do. And you just had really good insight in, in to them. And it's just because it's you're a music 30, 30 lover. some years of industry right. experience in one form right. or
2: another, retail, wholesale, radio. It's all been, mm-hmm. I've, I've listened to a lot of music. Yeah. And I kind of know what happens. Yeah. I mean, I've never really done this before in this capacity, but it's, it feels very natural to work with you and make this happen. Perfect background for it. It is. And it's something I, I mean, I want to do something. I love what I do on radio, but eventually there's going to have to be another step in my career. I'm going to take that next. Okay. I've I've done these three things. What's the third? What's the fifth one? What's the sixth one? You know, I got to get there. So this might be the, yeah, maybe that's it,
1: you know, and I want to do what I, you know, and that's another thing too. Like we're still in this place of like, I, I don't even, What are my goals? I swear I don't know. Right now, it's like, this is super cool. Our, you know, the, the manager artist relationship. I, I never thought I would have something like that. So I'm very grateful for it. And then, um, part of me was like, I don't know, you know, you have a baby. Like I, I don't know. Everything, everything's like is different now. So I didn't even know if I was going to make a new album. I didn't know if, if I would even want to. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm like, I, I know for sure, like, that's something I definitely want to do. And um John has helped me to, like, take those steps. He's like, just go record. What are you doing? Like, Refocus. <laughs> go, yeah. That's probably the best way to put it. Yeah, yeah. You lost your focus. I, mean, not, I did. Not that a
2: baby is a bad thing to lose no, your focus no, no. about. It's just that it, and, dera- and it you, should. you a little
1: bit. Yeah, right. And I mean, you know, and she, like, it needed to be all about her for a while, but it's like, you're right. Like it's everything's out of focus when you're trying to get back into something. Mm-hmm. And so you really, you know, that it just it's been really helpful to have somebody to, you
0: know. So there is up. more new music coming it then. Yes,
1: there is. I've got two recorded so far. I'm recording um at a Reed Recording Company with Andy Reed up in Bay City and he's fantastic and just the nicest stinking guy in the world and um really i mean just a really fantastic human being and you know i haven't been up in saginaw all that long but um i did not expect there to be a music scene there but there is i didn't i didn't know and they're great they're super nice and everybody's really supportive of each other and um i'm feeling very lucky to have found andy as well because he seems to get like this weird you know dark moody thing that i'm trying to get going mm-hmm. and i don't have to like spell that out for him you know and we've been kind of completing each other's sentences type of thing in in the studio so yeah i'm enjoying that i've got a bunch of more songs we're going to be recording over the next do you year. have
0: like a tentative you know when should we look for the music uh, type
1: um you know let's i'm going to say before this time next year that's what i'm going to say okay is that safe to say
2: I think you. Should, I think you can get to that. If yeah, you, if you I, just focus yeah. on it. You got two songs down already. <laughs> two know. songs there's, down. There's, there's there's a lot to work with.
1: There's there. a yeah. I think so. And I've got I've got a bunch more that I'm that I'm ready to record. And then so many ideas that just need like polishing up. So I I think so. I think I think that can happen. So uh, are
0: you playing out anywhere soon? Got any shows coming up?
1: Yep. I should have prepared for this question. Sorry, okay. Intended. Um. Oh yeah. Well. Okay. But we'll go in order. So I'm going up north, up to the UP. In a couple of weeks, um playing at a little place called Chamberlain's. And then um, I'm playing in Saginaw. Actually, this will be one of my first shows in Saginaw um, at the White Crow on October 20th. That'll be a solo show, which is kind of cool. And then I think is Farmington on the night. You
2: get the November 3rd show in...
1: Oh, November 3rd at Spring- in Spring Lake.
2: Opening for Brian Dunn.
1: But, yep, that's right. And then... Um, Farmington Civic um, Theater we're um, doing an ninth. in the round the ninth is yep, that said? the okay, ninth for the Farmington with
2: good. Rochelle Clark Mark Jewett and Sam Corbin all on that bill with you yep, as well another a, another
0: in the round
1: yeah, uh, yeah. it's in Farmington in so. Farmington that's yeah, going to we'll be, we'll be remember a
2: that. Yeah, the budget theater
1: yeah I can't wait for that that'll be a great show and then um, the next day I'm opening for the Zindals at Trinity House
0: Aaron Zindal from mm-hmm. the Ragbirds and TJ, TJ yeah. brother. I oh wow project, yeah. awesome
1: I'm super excited about that yeah Cause I mean, they just—they've got so much going on. I just want to be part of that. That's yeah. a door I opened. Yeah. Yes, you did. Yeah.
2: I wanted to try and get—you know—that uh, Aaron does that uh, the, Ebert and Friends Christmas show, right? Yeah, yeah, I remember that. So yeah. you know, she puts it, in a, it together in advance quite a bit, and I knew there was. Probably early enough, I could maybe introduce the idea of getting Amy into that because that would open oh, up some there more doors yeah. for her, and she loved what she heard. But she would already put all of her feelers out for Do you want to do the Do you want to do it? So she had just kind of waiting to see if everybody committed that she had asked. And, and so
1: they need a penny whistle player yeah. next year. <laughs> so I think next year I think we, can do, I think we can do this next I'm year. This
2: year that's not. i mean not, not going to happen. me
1: right. Yeah. Not this year, but but this is cool. So I get to you know spend some time with her.
0: Yeah, nudge the house. door open.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. And then I've got a bunch of other things coming up too. I mean, so busy. You're busy. Yeah. Yeah. A couple a out of state is, things too. A couple out of Yep, I'll be heading to uh yeah, to New York and yeah. It's good. It's all good stuff. I'm I'm it's I'm I was not prepared not not that I was I wasn't planning for this. Like 6 months ago, I did not anticipate that this is what my calendar would look like at all and I'm just I love it love
0: it so yeah much. It went away and it came back again. you had yeah. another three year hiatus yeah so right there you go yeah
1: I needed it I needed to have that and I am I I love where it's going Who uh
0: knows? my 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 last question I wanted to ask you, what are you listening to right now
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's a hilarious question because um, John just keeps giving me so much music. <laughs> he uh-huh. just keeps exposure to stuff that you oh may not have heard. Well, the yeah. Nutcracker, you listen to that a lot. I'm listening of... to so much Nutcracker. My my daughter is obsessed with the Nutcracker, like the ballet.
0: Perfect timing because they got that Disney movie coming out. Right. A I know, months.
1: right? I know. Yeah, she's gonna. She's. I haven't even mentioned. She's gonna joy. be wearing she's the dresses all up. winter oh, yes, and all is. all that. Lordy, yeah. But that's not what you're listening. But to that's on not purpose. what I'm listening to. Yeah. Um. I. <laughs> <laughs> On the way here, I was listening to the record company full blast. Um, I just, oh my gosh, I can't even, I couldn't even begin to tell you. Um, there's a lot on there. There's a lot. Yeah. He gave me a, um, flash drive with just an obscene amount of music on it. That's, mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, I mean, just, I'm just whatever's coming up. Um, uh, the la, um, the Rose Cousins album, I listened to that, um, a couple days ago, just front to back, just that it's, it's, gorgeous it's beautiful or um yeah just so much music there's so much music i almost i can't even talk about it there's so much yeah if somebody
0: hands you a flash drive of anything yeah. it's gonna be kind of you know you're gonna have to sort through it right yeah i mean it's so much more i i was gonna say i've been on john's uh, email list for the concert list that he that he that he has and okay. he's already sent me like two or three updated versions of it and i was and so but thank so you because now i'm yeah. going to a perfect circle and a bunch oh, of good. other stuff so i've, good, I've already gonna. used that so, good, good, so good. Cool. i'll
2: send it to you again yeah. just keep reminding me i will i
0: will um so uh, yeah, we're, we're right on time here. So hey. that's, uh, that's, that's going to be it. But, uh, thank you, both of you for coming in again. Uh, John, thanks for coming sure. again. And thank Amy. Thanks for coming down thank for the first you. time. It's been it great. a pleasure.
1: And thanks for coming to the show last night. That was really, it was, it was I'm really, cool. really glad I did. Good. That was,
0: I, I need to do that type of, that type of intimate venue and that yeah. type of music is just, I was, I, this is what happens. You just said earlier, you're like, I can't, when you talk about something before the yeah. show, you're like, can we talk <laughs> about this on the air before the show? But, uh, that type of intimate venue is just, it's, it's a, that type of music can make any space almost sacred. You know, yeah. it, it really is a-,
2: it's a different kind of a connection when you're in that kind of a room. Right. Yeah, the music
0: feels different. Yeah, yeah it really it's, just goes right into you. It's
1: good for your soul, for sure. Really Definitely.
0: Yeah. So I'm really glad I I did that. And uh, I will, I'll I'll look for you in Farmington then, too. Please
1: do. So. Oh, you'll love it. It's going to be a great show.
0: Cool. Well, awesome. um, th- uh, everybody, thanks for listening. Uh, this has been American Winer at com. Actually, I have an announcement. This is the last Monday show I'm ever going to do. I'm switching over to Wednesdays starting next week. So from now on, American Winer will air only on Wednesdays, same time, uh, 7 to 8 p.m. Uh, and uh, I will see everybody then. So thanks for listening. This has been American Winer on Podcast Detroit.